You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Well, we open the Bible to Acts chapter 9 tonight. I want to thank Pastor and his wife and all the family, the people that took us out to eat today and the hotel room and the airport. I feel sorry for you all. I have to pay for those airplane tickets. Uh, but uh, South Dakota is the first time I've ever been in South Dakota. And my hope is Sunday night I can go over to the Mount Rushmore. And I'm a history buff. So if there's any history people in here who know everything about this place, know everything about, you know, throw it at me. I want to know what I'm looking at when I look at it. I used to teach history uh, in OB, at Oklahoma and uh, spent 30 years doing it, but I've never been to South, South Dakota. And uh, my daughter thought when they come here, they will see a lot of mountains. And uh, not yet, not yet. Maybe when we get over the Black Hills, okay? <laughs> Some of you are laughing. It actually looks like Oklahoma to me, Oklahoma City, but I don't know how it feels in the summer, but the uh, way it's spread out, I like it actually. I lived in Oklahoma City 23 years. It took me four years to get used to it. When I got four years, uh, I began to love the city because of the people that were in it. And uh, so, uh, but you know what God's doing in, in Life Science Death Baptist Church is, abs- is an absolute miracle. Amen. If you understood my past and my background, you're, 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 you're further, even, you're, <clears throat> you'll say it's even bigger. It's even a larger miracle that he would have used me. But in spite of what I found out is that God uses the impossible things to show himself mighty. Amen. You need to understand that tonight. And when we, when we think about this story in the book of Acts, <clears throat> chapter 9, where Paul, if you've been saved at any length of time, you learn the story of, of Paul. We often focus on it. By the way, if I talk tonight or any time this week, it's not because I've got COVID. <clears throat> I've got a throat problem. Uh, my mother washed my mouth out when I was a little boy from, from cursing. And so, I'm joking. <laughs> she did wash my mouth. She, when I was a little boy, uh, when I was a little boy, my mother took her hand. She said, Scotty, you stop cussing. And so my mother being hard of hearing, now I have a 95% hearing loss, okay? So if I talk too loud, bear with me. Uh, <clears throat> um, it's kind of nice to be deaf, by the way, because on Sunday afternoon, I take my hearing aids off, no problem. <laughs> You know, remember when you had your children? Uh-huh. You know, they're banging around. Well, man, I'm, I'm out. So, the <laughs> God's good. But uh, my mother put her hand. She said, Scotty, stop your cussing. I walked away and I said another cuss word. And my mother, my mother heard that to my surprise. And um, she grabbed me by the hair. And she took me into the sink. And she grabbed a bottle of joy. <laughs> she opened my mouth and put it in, squeezed it in there. She took her hand and put it in my mouth and washed it. To this day, I'm not exaggerated. To this day, I still think about the squeaking feel that went on my teeth when my mother tried to clean my mouth out. Amen. But I love my mother. Uh, she's 80 years old today. I saw her a few days ago, and I'm grateful for her. But you know, my mother is very hard of hearing as well. I have a grandma that's deaf and blind. And an amazing lady herself. 
But God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 14, it says, For I am fearfully and wonderfully made, marvelous are thy works. I want you to notice this word marvelous is a word that's set aside for. If God is never going to get, receive glory, it's going to be because he wants to do a miraculous thing. When God chooses the foolish things of this world, it is because he wants to confound the wise people who so-called. God, you know, here it is, um, uh, uh, Paul in this chapter, he is an eloquent man, yet we, he was an educated man. He was a very, uh, in the, in, in the um, uh, he was a feared man, obviously among Christians uh, who feared him. But yet Paul was a, he, he could have, when he, when he went throughout the Bible, he, when he, when he uh, uh, partaked in writing, being part of writing the scripture to the local church, he could have, he, he was an eloquent man. He even says in 1 Corinthians, I, I'm not coming to you as an eloquent man. I'm coming to you as just in, uh, basically as a servant trying to exhort you to put your life into God's hand and to humble yourself. Let's get this church right. Well, you know, God used him to do mighty works. But in Acts chapter 9, verses 9, verses chapter 1, all the way to verse 9, chapter 9, verse 1 through 9, we know the story most of us do. He, and, and, and God uses a, a mighty story of a testimony of him walking on the road to Damascus. And as he's walking on the road to Damascus, before he's on that road, he stopped in Jerusalem to receive a letter. I like to call it, maybe you correct me, uh, you're, I'm not a very uh, uh, the, uh, uh, good, I'm not a deep theologian, but I like to look at that letter as similar to an arrest warrant. He received a letter from the synagogue, uh, excuse me, from, from the council that he could go into the city of Damascus, to, uh, on the road to Damascus, to continue uh, what he had always been doing. Now the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, most of you know the story, if you've been saved for any length of time, that he's walking down this road and all of a sudden the light shined round about him and the light shined round about him. He fell to his knees. He had his co-workers, if you would. He was, he, he was, they were, he was probably the foreman to these men, if you, if you would say. The Bible tells us in verse seven that the men were, the men which journeyed with him stood speechless. It is amazing how God can use your testimony tonight for those of you who are sitting in this room and you have co-workers on your job and, and perhaps you used to go to work and you cursed. Perhaps you went to work and you, and you, had to, you partaked in filthy stories. And then one day you came to work and you were a different man. Maybe you came home a drunkard, but yet God got a hold of your heart and he did a miraculous life story, and he did a miraculous thing in your life, and now a new story has begun. Paul is no different. In verse 7, the men stood speechless as they, as they were hearing a voice, but they didn't recognize why. Please understand that God wants to use you to influence your old friends. Amen. I just recently received news that an old friend of mine named George, I said a few months ago, um, uh, an old friend of mine named George, hey, Scott, I want you to know, I came to Jesus tonight. 
I'm saying this to you. It is possible that God can use you as he used Paul. You know the story on the road to Damascus. He bowed to their knees. And when he bowed to his knees, he, he, uh, he, 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 was blinded by, he was blinded by that great light. And because he couldn't see, he had to depend upon, he had to depend upon his co-workers to carry him on in through. Lord, what will you have me to do? Continue on your journey into Damascus. God made no mistake. God had a plan in Damascus contrary to what Paul had. And I want to begin to read in verse 10, but let's first pray. Father, I need your help tonight. Without you, we can do nothing. I am dependent upon your, uh, your help. And Lord, I pray that you'll flow and work through us. And Father, please help me to say only what you want us to say. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. In verse number 10, the Bible says here, there's a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. I want to focus tonight on Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Let me say this tonight. There are people like Ananias sitting in this room. There are people like Ananias that have made themselves available. They walk with God. They're hungry for the things of God. They want God to use them. Perhaps you are that man. Perhaps you are that lady tonight. God wants to use you. There is nothing there is absolutely nothing that God cannot do with, without, uh, uh, that, that God cannot do through you. Amen. But see, he, Ananias made himself available. Verse number 11, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called straight. This is an address that the Lord had given to Ananias. Ananias took that address and he inquired to the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And then he hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming. This is Paul, has seen in a vision. Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him. This is something Paul saw beforehand. And then in verse 13, Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many things of this man, how much evil he hath done <coughs> to the saints at Jerusalem. And here, and he, here he hath authority of the chief priest, from the chief priest to bind all them that call upon thy name. Now hear what Saul is saying, Ananias is saying, hey, but Lord, you're asking me to go knock on the door and knock on the door and, and go into this house of a man who is basically despicable to us Christians. Yeah. You're asking me, Lord, to do something that is, that is <coughs> impossible but he says here in verse 13, 12, 13, he goes on to say, but Lord, and he goes up verse 15, he says, he's, the Bible says, but the Lord said unto him, Ananias, he's speaking of, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and to the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And this is the chop, this is the first one we'll focus this morning, this evening, if I could. Ananias went his way and entered into the house, putting his hand on him, and said, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus hath appeared unto thee in the way that thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
I want to say to you tonight, it could be that God could use somebody in this room. When God took, if I, if, come up here, my, my, I need my friend up here tonight, okay? I told you you'd be my buddy this week. Uh, what's it? Jace. Jace. Blame your mom for naming you. Spells C-H-A-S-E. To a deaf man, never seen Jace. Come up here. My first name is Damon. Second, Damon Scott Crabtree. When I was in third or fourth grade, I think, I think it was in third grade, I came home crying because they were calling me Demon. <laughs> True story. Now you're with, the, you're with me tonight, okay? You're my buddy? Yes. All right, now I need a good man. I need a good man. You're going to be a good man grow up. I hope, I hope you don't disappoint your parents. But here the Bible says that Ananias went into the house of Saul. He, he went into the house of Saul, and the Bible says, I want you to notice this. He, now, be reminded that Saul, Ananias said, Lord, let me remind you. He said, Lord, I, I don't know about this guy. He's all right. <laughs> you can't help but love the kid. I don't know, Ananias said, but Lord, I'm going to go. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do it. And the Bible says in verse number uh, 15, Ananias said he went to the house. It was a 15 or 17. He went into the house. And the Bible says, I want you to notice this very important thing. The Bible says he put his hand on him and he called him Brother. Saul. He no longer remembered the past. Yeah. He let it all go. Amen. And he went in because he was commissioned by God to go in into his house and touch his heart. Now listen to me. That, that touch was the hand of God on Saul's life. You say, no, 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 no. Let me remind you. Remember when you got saved? <coughs> you were invited to church and you opened the same book you never heard of first stance, second stance, third stance, fourth stance. And then people, you sing, you try to sing along in the chorus. I, I have a 95% hearing loss. I never hear anything being, people being singing in church. My wife, watch her. She'll take her fingers. She's telling me where you're at. Oh, uh -huh. I got a good wife. <laughs> and then when I don't sing along right, That bony finger, I'm scared of it. <laughs> but the Bible says he went into the hand and he put his hand on him, touched him. God wanted to use him. Remember as I said about the book, you wrote your first, you wrote in your hymn book and you're trying to follow along and you don't know how to do it. Remember that? Remember how it was? Remember when you opened your Bible, there's a, word, there's a, there's a book called Palm How many of you remember the book called Job? Job. <laughs> yes. But then, because God used an Ananias in your life, 
God brought somebody along in your life like Ananias to touch your life. And tonight you are a faithful individual, a faithful Christian because somebody took you under their wings. There is an Ananias that has touched your life. He introduced you to a thing that you've never heard before. And then slowly God began to enlighten your heart. And as you begin to learn the truth, you know, I was reading on the way up here, I was reading a book <coughs> on the airport. <coughs> I got to quit smoking, I'm sorry. Um, uh, it's a hard habit. <coughs> so I was, when I was, when I was, it, it was, it was, uh, what was I talking about? One of these people rudely interrupted me. Oh. And if, and, 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 and God enlightened your heart. Everybody in this room thinks they're right and wrong. You never, uh, uh, we're always thinking we're right. But when we become a Christian, we begin to realize that there's so many things that I'm dumb about. And one of the greatest secrets in the Christian life is the, by Proverbs 22, 4, by humble yourself, therefore in the mighty hand, uh, 1 Peter 5, 6. And 1 Peter 5, 6, humble yourself, therefore in the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Yeah. Proverbs 22, 4, by humility and fear of the Lord are honor, riches, and life. Yeah. If we want the blessings of God upon our hearts, we've got to humble ourselves. Yeah. That touch forever by a man, by the son, by, 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 called, uh, thank you, you can be seated. Stay close. <laughs> you did a good job. Give me a hand. Oh, that's all I gave you. When they get done this week, they'll give you a standing ovation. <laughs> when I was 11 years old, the state of Ohio declared me mental retarded. They told my mother that I was mental retarded. My daughters agree with them. Well, they told my mother I was mental retarded. Then I, then I went, and then as time went on, I went to a fifth grade called a special ed class. I had a teacher by the name of Miss Gray. Miss Gray had just finished college. She's been out by one year, a beautiful lady, had long hair. She was in, I was in the public school, and she had long hair. She had a dress on that day. And I, was going, I went to school this day, and I said to, my, I said to, my, I said, I said to myself, Self, I'm going to be a good boy today. You ever done that before? You're determined to be a good boy, then, or maybe it's your husband and wife, you're determined to get along today, and then, boom, messed it up. You know? You ever done that before? Well, Miss Gray, I, Gray had a, I went to school, I was doing so good. And if you're a good boy, they put you into a, they put you over here. It's sort of like this right here. They put you over here, and you have this little area here. And you're allowed to wear, put headphones on, and you can listen, pick any music you want to listen to for a while. I don't remember how much time they give you, but you picked it, and you put it on the headphones, and you listen to it. Well, I had, come up here, buddy. Come up here, you. Come up here. Come up here. I won't bother you. I won't bite you. Come up here. Come up here. I won't bite you. I promise you. One of you. A volunteer, okay? All right, I'll help you. I'm okay. I'm okay. 
I know what I'm doing, all right? I won't bite you. So, stand right there. I got I to use a, I was six foot, I, stand right here, stand right here. When I was 13 years old, I was six foot one. So, you'll join with me. Okay. <laughs> well, I was putting the head, I, I, I was putting those headphones on and, and, I, and I found a, a, a song. I don't know why I say, they didn't have no reward. I was the only deaf guy in the class. And so they would give me the standard reward for being a good boy. So I picked the music out, and, uh, and I found a fellow by the name of Johnny. Who was it? Oh, Eddie Money. Eddie Money. How many of you ever heard of Eddie Money? Man, we got some sinners in here. <laughs> Even the back row Christians know who they are, too. <laughs> Eddie Money had a song by the name of Money is my pay. He put, I put that headphone on. Well, when you repetition, 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 you see the title of the song, you kind of figure out what they were saying. They said, money is my pay. So I had that headphone on. I thought, money is my pay. And so I sang it out. And I said, money is my I'm singing along with him, speaking my voice. And the teacher said, Scotty, be quiet. Money is my pay. <laughs> and I was thinking that thing, and my teacher got so flustered with me, she took me out to the hall, grabbed me, and she took me out to the hall, and she put her hand, I know what I'm doing, put your hand on. You never know, teenagers don't know what they're doing when, they're, when they put their hand, I know what I'm doing, don't worry. They, they put their hands on their hand, they, they put their hands in their pocket because they don't know what to do with them. Okay. Okay? Yeah, all right. Okay. No, 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 no. Stay right here. Now, I had to put my hand on the wall. I know what I'm doing. Don't look. Miss <laughs> Gray, Miss Gray would take the paddle out there. Yeah. She took the paddle. And she was, <laughs> I'm making him nervous, ain't I? <laughs> she would take that paddle and she, she would whip me. Did it once, did it twice. Here's what I did. <laughs> Smiling. She was so frustrated with me. She whipped me again and Paddle me again, and <laughs> true story. <laughs> when you get piled, you're not allowed to look. <laughs> she took that paddle, and she swapped me, and she lost, she just, she's out of college, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, 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 I haven't been to a child counselor because of this, so don't get hurt. Because what happened? But she, she spanked me. She got so flustered with me. She frustrated with me. <laughs> to this day, I still remember her, her dress flopping back and forth, her hair going back and forth, and I was smiling. Thank you, ma'am. You're a good job. Good job. Give my hand. Okay. Fifth grade, I got kicked out of school. Fifth grade, I got kicked out of school. 
But then the four girls, my grandpa passed away. I went to a Christian school where I didn't belong, but I wanted to please him. My papa, four girls were there, four teenage girls. They come up to me and they asked me, says, Scott, would you go to church with us tonight to hear our daddy preach? And I said, that won't hurt anything. I turned around, took two steps, and I turned around and looked, and I like I was going to try to change my mind. And they looked at me, and they said, and you can't change your mind. <laughs> a bony finger, you're afraid of them. Well, I, 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 I went to church that night. I, I, got, I, got, I got home and uh, went to church house that night, sat with Kim. She was the youngest of the four, four teenagers. She wrote me a note during her daddy's message. She said, Scott, would you like to come forward to be saved tonight? And I said to her, as kind, as polite as I could, I said, no, I would not. But then after church was over, I made a promise to those four girls and their mother. They said, would you come, for, come tomorrow night? Wow, I'm invited by four beautiful girls to go back to church again. <laughs> so I went back to church. I went back to church, and then as I walked in, as I got down to school, I went, I went home, and I took a shower, parted my hair down the middle, flipped it over to the side, put my Old Spice on. How many of you like Old Spice? That's why everybody stays away from you. <laughs> well, I come into that house, I come into that house, and I'm looking for the poor girls that were not there. I, I was too shy, too timid to turn around and walk out, so I sat in toward the back row in a place called Church of Christ in Christian Union. As I sat there listening to the daddy preach, the invitation was given, the pastor walked to the back. He, he was sitting up front row and he walked up to the back. I was actually over there. He come and walked to the back and he put his arm around me and said, young man, would you like to be saved tonight? And I said to him, as kind as I could, as polite as I could, I said, no, I would not. But then a little more pleading, he said, can I pray with you? I said, well, that won't hurt anything. So we went forward and prayed. Now keep in mind, I have a 95% hearing loss. I knelt down at that altar with that pastor. He put his arm around me. He was praying with me, and I was on my knees. I knew, in the back, I knew what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to put the hand together and close your eyes. That's what I was doing. I was doing this. And I put my hand, he put his arm around me and prayed. And I realized that there was more, and I heard more than one voice. I didn't know what they were saying, but I knew there were some words going on. And I turned around, opened my eye, and I realized that there's some, that 25 to 35 men that night joined their pastor and prayed that God would save this young man. Amen. Miraculous, life-changing event happened in my life. On March 22nd, 1982, Amen. when God can take this mental retarded boy, a timid, shy, truly shy boy. I went to college and I got in, I had a fifth grade reading level. Fifth grade reading level. Matter of fact, the, the, the lady who had a master's degree in deaf education, uh, when I got there, she took me into a room to see how, uh, check my IQ out. And she, and she went back, after seeing all the answers, she went back to the administration of the college and said, he'll never make it. 
But I'm saying tonight, four years later, God allowed me to walk the aisle and walk down uh, and receive my diploma. I had to go to summer school. I, had, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear a single, my teachers would write. My, my, my instructors would give, would give notes and everything. And I would, they'd have three or four pages and I had a paragraph. That's all I had. And, and, and he said, I said, this is going to be impossible for me to finish the next four years. So somebody gave a clever idea. So I, 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 and I sat, in a, 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 an instructor in the college said, why don't you sit with a girl who can take notes for you? I thought, that won't be a problem. <laughs> now I'm joking about that. I was shy and timid, but I sat in a, I, I let another girl take notes. And then after class, she'd take copies. Well, after about a year and a half of that, I wasn't really doing well on my test. So I, I started sitting next to a person who's a good note taker, and I'm always following along. I could never hear what the instructor was saying, but for the next, for the next two and a half, three years, I was just basically doing this. By God's grace, I was able to walk the aisle in four years. I say the aisle. I didn't get married. <laughs> um, you know, what, what do they call it? The platform. Thank you. Yeah. I'm in a college. Well, well, you know, and then, but then I'm saying this. God did a miracle in my life. Amen. It is possible that God tonight can use you as an Ananias. God can use you no matter who you are. You have, I don't know if you have bus ministry here. Do you have bus ministry? Maybe closed because of COVID. You know, but you, know, but you have these people come on Sunday morning and they have snot coming down. They're causing all kinds of trouble in church. And they're just, they're just causing a havoc. And you sometimes want to just strangle them. Those are the kind of young people that God wants to use. Amen. God wants to take somebody foolish to confound the wise. Yes. And that's exactly what God did in my life. And tonight there are depth works on five continents around the world because four girls had enough love and concern for this deaf boy who was 95% hearing loss, mentally retarded, but they, uh, decided by the state of Ohio, mentally retarded, but God got a hold of my heart. God got a hold of my life, put a hunger in my heart, gave me a desire to serve him, and there was no turning back. Amen. And I'm saying tonight, when God enlightens a young man, regardless of their status, God can do a miracle. I'm going to close this story a little long, but I'm going to try to do my best. I've got to hurry. I'm already over. Pastor said, this mission's revival. Don't worry about it, but I know you want to go home. Many years ago, I took a group of young people, 45 deaf people, to the Bill Rice Ranch. Help me out. I haven't told this story in a long time. But we took a group of deaf boys and girls to go to the Bill Rice Ranch. Well, we were gathering together on Sunday morning before church. There's a young boy by the name of Josh. Josh, Josh was a deaf boy, blonde-headed. He had, he come up, walked up to me. He walked up to me and opened up his chest and he had one hair on. He said, look at me, Bo-Kwai-Pui, Bo-Kwai-Pui, look at me, I'm a man, I've got one hair. <laughs> he was so proud of that one hair. He walked over to my wife and he said, hey, look, look at me, McQuapui. Look at me, McQuapui. I'm a man. I've got one head. Of course, we just patted him on the head. He went on his way. He walked to the double glass door. One of my pastor, who was a green beret, 
He, he started on the Eisenhower administration. He, he had a one-on-one way of killing a man, a green beret, you know, uh, 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 killed just about every snake under the sun. He killed people himself. And he's a karate, a black belt, a golden glove boxer. And he got this, he got this one hair on his chair. He's looking at him, look at me, preacher, I'm a man. Preacher sent him on his way. I heard later he went down to the death department. I was outside. He said he opened up his shirt and he showed all the death. Look at me, I'm a man. He got on the bus. We, 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 we had two buses. Uh, I think it was 25 boys and 18 girls on one bus. We got about two hours outside of town. Famous independent Baptist churches. They're always breaking down. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Well, we got down the road. We got down the road. I've got to hurry. He got down the road and, and the bus broke down and we got a hotel room. We, we got two, one for the girls, one for the guys. Sherry Jackson was among that group who, Linda Jackson, the Heartland person. And so uh, Sherry, and I said, Sherry, you take this group over here to go to this restaurant. And I told Lebo, I told Bowman, I said, you take this group over here. And I said, don't take your time. We got plenty of time. Well, they hurried up, got back. I didn't realize at that time, but Sherry and, and, and young man Bowman, I forgot his first name, uh, uh, Bowman, uh, they, were, they were dating, so they hurried up got, and got eye-gazing. <laughs> Neglected their responsibility. And so the boys were in the boys' room, jumping up and down the bed. Boing, boing, boing. 25 boys in one room. Boing, 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 boing. And they lost control and went over against the wall, put a whole big old hole in the wall. The bus was not supposed to be there until 3, 3 or 4 a.m. Well, I laid down about 1, I laid down about 1.15 a.m., put my head down to sleep, and then about 25 minutes later, somebody tapped me on the shoulder, said, the bus is here. We gathered all the boys and girls on the bus, we got them to one bus, we took them all the way to Bill Rice Ranch, we got them there Monday, first thing he did, first thing he did, we were supposed to get there, uh, we were supposed to get there at midnight uh, on Sunday night, but he didn't get there until Monday at 3 p.m., and so we opened up his chest to Dr. Bill III. Look at me, Mr. Bill. I'm a man. I got one hair. <laughs> all week long, he walked around and showed all these deaf people, all these staff people were showing his hair. We were sick of it. <laughs> Come Friday night at 9 p.m., we gathered the bus. We headed home, got to Memphis, Tennessee. Our bus, once again, broke down. My bus director, our bus director, kept looking the, he kept looking at the, the water temperature. He forgot to check the gas gauge. We're on there, spit in the middle of Memphis, Tennessee Bridge. I can still feel the shaking. I'm responsible for 43 young people. They jumped on, they jumped on, and then old Stephen, I mean old um, Josh, opened up his shirt once again. Look at me, I'm a, bro, I'm a man. I've got one hair. A, a boy by the name of Stephen, same age, walked up to him and said, where, where, where? And he took his finger and he pulled it out. And, he, and this boy started fighting with Stephen because I'm not a man no more. And they started fighting, I'm not a man no more. We got home, we, we, were, supposed to be a, we were supposed to arrive at Saturday at noon. We, we, long story short, we broke down again and had a, had a two hour stop in, in a 2 a.m., 3 a.m., somewhere in uh, Oklahoma. On Sunday morning, we, we pulled in 5.30 a.m. on Sunday morning. We let them all go home. Years later, my wife was interpreting at uh, OSU the deaf, uh, for the deaf people, and while she was interpreting, she was interpreting, and uh, while she, uh, one, of the, one of the deaf ladies come up to her and said, thank you for taking me to the Bill Rice Ranch, including Josh. 
thank you for taking me to, to the Bill Rice Ranch because it was there that I got saved. Amen. I've got to close. But would it be that God wants to use you tonight to be an Ananias in someone's life? Who knew that God would take a mentally retarded boy, fifth grade reading level, and send the death works on five continents around the world? Why did he do it? Because of me, absolutely not. All I had to do was say, yes, Lord, here am I. And then from there, just as he did for Moses and just as he did for Jeremiah, he put a fire within me. Amen. And then he took over. Missions, revival, is all about helping people know Jesus yes, in your community, in your state, in our nation, and around the world. Yes. Thank God that you became a Christian. Now may you in turn become an Ananias. If you in turn become an Ananias, they will probably build a new road out here for you to get past each in here. Because this church is going to have so much traffic coming in. God is able to do much more than you give him credit for. Father, help us tonight to be all that you want us to be. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. May you help us, Father, to be faithful. Lord, you use Ananias in Paul's life. Paul desperately needed to know how. But then you use a layperson in the church to turn his life around. He turned the world upside down. God, he became a mighty instrument in your hand. God, I pray tonight that you will take some young man here. You will take a father in this room. You'll take a mother in this room. You'll take a, you'll take a young teenager in this room. You will take a young person in this room. That they will go to school. That they will go to work. That they will care about their neighbor. That they will take concern and become an Ananias by introducing them to Jesus. And then on, in turn, disciple them that they might know you. And that their lives will be enlightened for your glory. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, every eye closed, Pastor, you come and you take. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.